Praise hallelujah. Someone say praise hallelujah. Praise hallelujah. <laughs> Is anybody sold out in here? Yeah. Great. What's that mean? <laughs> Just curious. Sold out means you're, you don't have anything left, right? <laughs> For anything else but Jesus. Selled out. We're selled out. All right. Hey, I have an old song I want to start the morning with. So if you guys remember it, if you remember the motions, come and join me because it's kind of a fun song. You guys ready? don't know the motions of this song. So <laughs> if you're under 18, can I have you guys fill the front row for me? So 18 and under. So that'd be anywhere between zero and 18. So if you're between zero and five, you probably don't even know what I'm saying. But okay, under 25. <laughs> Josiah and Trinity, you want to come up too? No? You want to stay there? All right. All right. Let's throw the words up here where it says fly like an eagle and soar like a bird. Cool, they're there. So, fly like an eagle is this. Watch the person next to you. <laughs> They'll put your wings in their faces. <laughs> so, it's fly like an eagle. Now, this is the fun part. Soar like a bird is where you get your calisthenics in. Okay? Fly like an eagle. Soar like a bird. You put one leg up and you put... I think this is kind of like an old John Travolta move or something. I'm not sure, but... Okay. <laughs> fly like an eagle. Soar like a bird. Now, because I've been totally set free by the power of his word. Okay, okay so for a review, we got fly like an eagle, soar like a bird, because I've been totally set free by the power of his word. Now, the more I talk to Jesus, the more he lets me know <laughs> to be sold out for him is the only way to go. <laughs> <laughs> so we can have fun who said there was some fun in church right <laughs> yeah. sold out and radical I'm gonna sing a little song forevermore Jesus, the more he lets me know, you got it, be sold out for him as he goes. Sold out and radical, I'm gonna sing a little song forevermore. Sold out and radical, I'm gonna soar. One more time, I'm gonna fly like an eagle and soar like a bird, cause I've been totally set free by the power of his word. The more I talk to Jesus, the more he lets me know. 
sold out for him if you We're gonna do it one more time. I'm gonna fly like an eagle and soar like a bird. Cause I've been totally set free by the power of his word. The more I talk to Jesus, the more he lets me know. The beast sold out for him as he sold out. <laughs> I'll give you a second to catch your breath. <laughs> God, we're excited to be in your house this morning, Lord. We just ask that you'd come and fill this place with your presence as we worship you, God. You're the one sitting on the throne, God, and you deserve our praise. You created us, and you're from beginning to end. You're ancient of days, God. Receive our praise. We give you everything that we have this morning in the name of Jesus. Amen. You call me Lord, you know my name. I'm standing now, I'm not ashamed. And I've searched and came up empty. This world has nothing for me.
Sing holy, holy. 
sacrifice God the problem with our living sacrifices is that we can get up and walk away but God we thank you that there's mercy for that there's grace that covers us but God right now God we surrender our every being even if it be for this moment God that you would take it beyond this moment Take our hearts, God. 
are yours now in this moment. We're laid bare naked before you, God. You know every part of our being, every part of our inside, our thoughts, our emotions, our passions are laid out before you, God, surrendering it all before the throne of God, before, your, before the cross of Jesus, God. In, this, in these next moments, God, that would you take us now, Lord God, take us from this lump that we lay before you and build us up, God. Build us up into the beautiful image that you have created us to be, God. We know that you're not finished with us quite yet, God, but we thank you that we're a work in progress in your hands. <laughs> in your hands, God. So we give this to you. We give you this moment, God. In Jesus' name. Amen. It's good to see you this morning. And I need Ed to stand right here. No pushing. No. And I need Ed's wife, Uda, to stand right there. Uh oh. Huh? Let's go. This is part of my plan. The boss is away, so I can do what I want. Uh, Today, uh, I think this weekend, I'm not sure exact date, but I think today, tomorrow? Oh, well, forget it. Sit down. <laughs> uh, it'll be five years that Ed has become administrator of the church. That's a long time. This is a plaque that says, presented to Ed Breyer to express our deepest appreciation for five years, dedicated service and ministry to our church families, Big Bear Christian Center, February 23rd, that's tomorrow, 2009. Congratulations and thank you so much. Say something. Speak into the mic. <laughs> this, is this is definitely the This actually means a lot, lot to me, not just being here for the five, five years that I have been, but um, you know, my previous um, employer, one of the things I strive for, I gave, him, I gave him a lot of my time, and I really tried to do my best as if I was working under the Lord with them. And at five, five years, when, at least when I started there, they used to give all the employees a five-year plaque uh, put up and show their appreciation. And through the midst of uh, changing employment or changing um, management, the, that 
that just didn't happen, and it was I was overwhelmed, and I was really bummed. So six months later, I quit. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, I just. <laughs> It's a good thing we did this.
ever seen who am I? let me start this over how many people have ever seen these guys before they're they're pretty wild group aren't they uh, was it worth coming out to see them the first time <laughs> they've actually been up with us i think probably for close to five years now um really more than that wow that's just, that's pretty crazy but uh, they're going to be coming up again this tuesday and you're all are invited just be forewarned you're walking into a youth service and uh, <laughs> there's going to be it's it's always a blast we have Loud music. People usually stand out in the hallway uh, for that. No, I'm just, actually, it's really cool. We have um, uh, also something called Double Dare Ed Ball, which is relatively new. It's um, something that I double dare the kids to do, as it, Mr. Ed Ball myself. And uh, 
but uh, you're also welcome to join in in that. It's going to be kind of a specially picked uh, way we way we pick the people to play the, that game this year. Um, but I'm not going to reveal that to you unless you come. So, uh, but these guys, I just want to say, um, you know, if you, if this is a great place to go fishing for cell leaders. And um, there's going to be a lot of people here uh, from other churches, but also that are unchurched people. And it's a great time to, um, just to go spread out your nets with your, with your cell group. And uh, seeing people up here, because there's going to be an altar call. There always is. And people always get saved. And it's a powerful time. But they need somewhere to go after that, as always. So um, it's a great place to, to do that. Um, so that's, I just wanted to promote that. And then I also wanted to um, just celebrate one thing that we did in our cell group last week. And that was baptize Kayla Bangler, right back there. Um, yeah. But before I ask her to come up, we put together a little video for her. I thought we'd uh, we'd show. So. I'm a little concerned right now about your salvation and stuff. How come you have not been baptized? Because I never got around to it. Okay. I don't know why you always have to be judging me. Because I only believe in science. But tonight, we are going up against Satan's caveman. And I just thought it would be a good idea if you... <laughs> Felicidades. <laughs> so, Kayla, come on up here. <laughs> No, I didn't wear stretchy pants for this. And as she, <laughs> no, uh, we just wanted to present Kayla with this. Uh, this is her baptism certificate. She's been uh, saved for how long now? Since October 12th. Yeah, really exciting. <laughs> um, is there anything you wanted to share with us about just the experience, or where you, or how far you've come, or? I don't know. It's just weird. I used to really believe in odd things. Like, I was atheist for a while. I jumped from atheist to paganism for a while to just everything. I couldn't really decide. And I don't know. It's just odd. I never would have thought I would have ended up loving God at all. <laughs> and it's just been an amazing experience. God's revealed so much to me about myself. He's healed me in so many ways, ways I can't even describe. And He's revealed so much to me that. I, I'm just blown away every single day, and it's been so awesome. <laughs> and I just want to say thank you to everyone. You know, even if I haven't met you yet, you know, you smiled at me in the hallways. You've, you know, given me hugs in the morning, and the rest of you have encouraged me and supported me, and it's been so amazing. And I just want to say thank you to everyone. I'm really blessed. Thanks. Praise the Lord. Kayla has been, uh, she's, she did. She's not letting this stop her from growing either. Is is it? I mean, you're just you're just really pursuing it. She's uh, under uh, some discipleship with Hannah and Nuna, and uh, yeah, the next step is a uh, encounter. Which plug for the encounter? Thank you. <laughs> plug for the encounter. April 25th is it? Is coming up. It's going to be a youth run uh, encounter, and it's going to everyone's invited. Just be again forewarned that youth are running it. <laughs> no. no. But it, is, it will be one day only this time. It'll be from Saturday early in the morning to Saturday night, through Saturday night service. So 
um, everyone's welcome for that, but be, be looking for the sign-up sheet coming around shortly. One other thing I wanted to mention in the bulletin, um, the Truth Project. There's another Truth Project starting up in the bottom left-hand corner. I believe it's uh, Shelly Egan's going to be starting uh, a Truth Project group, um, starting with uh, tour number 10, I believe it is, and going from 10, 11, oh, that's right, 10, 11, 12, and then starting over with one. So um, if anybody's interested in, in doing that, uh, that haven't gone through it, um, there's your opportunity to see Shelly for that. All right. That's all. Thanks for letting me take up your time. Ladies and gentlemen, Pastor Mike Erickson. Father God, I pray that this word would bring everyone closer to being sold out to you, to be living sacrifice, to be a free will drink offering poured out to you, to be totally committed, on fire, having a passion for you. Lord, I want us all to be sold out, at least closer to coming to the place of being sold out. I ask that you would do this through your word today and through this feeble ministry that you've uh, placed before them to bring forth your word. Thank you for your word today in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, First of all, this message is about your heart. It's not particularly academic, although it can be a little bit, I guess. Not particularly a teaching, although it's going to have these components. It's also not going to be particularly a checklist of things for you to do or not to do. Um, Because I think Jesus is after your heart 100%. If he's got your heart, he doesn't care about your performance. Your performance will come... But Jesus wants your heart. For those of you that think that you're sold out and, and on fire for God, assume for your benefit that you're not. And assume for your benefit that there's no way that you can really do this message. But you can strive to give more of your heart to the Lord. So it's a safe place to say that, Lord, there's room for me to give you more of my heart. Because if you start off with 100% and saying you're sold out for God, well, you can go home and call it an early day and get some coffee, maybe do some other things because this message might not be for you. Um, Sold out and radical. I'm going to sing a little song forevermore, sold out and radical. I'm going to soar, soar, soar. To be sold out for him is the only way to go. I agree with that. But let's see how that looks. In the things that you said this morning, you sang, you worshiped. 
You called me, Lord. You know my name. I'm standing now. I'm not ashamed. I'm empty. And I searched and came up empty. This world has nothing for me. You are my one and only. I'm living my life for you. I'm giving everything to you. Not holding back, but every part. I'm giving it all to you. Maybe my expectations are a little high, but I don't think there's a person in this room that could say that we're living that way. You're going to see, I'm not after a to-do list today. I'm after a heart check. You are the Lord of all I am. That's, I want that. I'll never be the same again. I've searched and came up empty. This world has nothing for me. You're my one and only. This is my desire to honor you, Lord, with all my heart. I worship you. All I have within me, I give you praise, and all that I adore is in you. Lord, I give you my heart. I give you my soul. I live for you alone. Every breath that I take, every moment that I'm awake, Lord, have your way in my life. First of all, I'm pointing this out because I want to open up your heart today and show you your need. You're not there. We're not there. We want to be there. You're not alone. The Apostle Paul is right along with you. I'll read a scripture for you in just a minute. One of my favorites is I Surrender All. And I remember this song when I was 15 years old and you're a Christian. And it was um, singing it in the back of the church, coming to the altar, pushing my heart ever more forward to surrender to Jesus. All to Jesus I surrender, all to Him I freely give. I will ever love and trust Him in His presence daily live. I surrender all, I surrender all. All to Thee, my blessed Savior, I surrender all. All to Jesus I surrender, humbly at His feet I bow. Worldly pleasures all forsaking, take me Jesus, take me now. All to Jesus I surrender, make me, Savior, holy thine. Let me feel your Holy Spirit truly know that thou art mine. All to Jesus, Lord, I give myself to thee. Fill me with thy love and thy power. Let thy blessings fall on me. Philippians chapter two, chapter 3, verse 7 through 14. Apostle Paul was on a track to be radically sold out for Jesus Christ. You say, well, how much more can sold out can you get? You know, in the first 11 years, he's beat with rods, stone, uh, crushed, um, shipwrecked, distresses, perils, all sorts of things. And he's in prison when he writes this, and he's doing everything he can to surrender his life to the Lord, and here's what he says. But whatever was to my profit, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, 
I consider everything lost compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. You know, as a Jewish rabbi and, and under Gam- Gamaliel, the teacher in, in Jerusalem, he, Saul had credentials and he had power. The minute he found Jesus Christ, his life as he knew it became rubbish, became worthless. And he says, I'm glad, glad that, you know, I, I, for the cause of knowing Christ, to set that all aside and count it all as worthless and, and as rubbish. For whose sake I have lost all things, I consider them rubbish, that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God and is by faith. I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection. Here's here's where I might lose a, a few of us. And the fellowship of sharing in his sufferings. Becoming like him in his death. I think the first two parts are kind of glorious where, you know, I want to know him. I want to know him in his resurrection. The second two parts are kind of difficult. I want to know him in the fellowship of sharing in his sufferings. And I want to know him in the cross, in the death. In crucifixion. You say sold out and radical, Jesus, you have my heart. Well, I don't know about you, but I don't look forward to being crucified. I don't look forward to sharing in his sufferings. Where, where does God have our heart? Well, when I began to examine myself and this, I said, well, God... The percentage I thought was very high has dropped significantly and become a lot lower than I want it to be, but that's good until you acknowledge and realize where your heart is, you have nowhere to go. Totally committed, totally sold out, a passion to know Christ. And he says, verse 12, Not that I have already obtained all this, or have already been made perfect. But I press on to take on hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead, I press on to the goal of the, to win the prize for which God has called me, heavenward in Christ Jesus. To count all things lost. I want to look at discipleship here for, for a few minutes and take us on our next step about examining our hearts about being on fire for God. So let's turn to Luke chapter 14, verse 25 through 35. Luke 14, verse 25 through 35. Large crowds were traveling with Jesus, and turning to them, he said, If anyone comes to me 
and does not hate his father and mother, his wife and children, his brothers and sisters. Yes, even in his own life, he cannot be my disciple. And anyone who does not carry his cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. The word hate and the word love are, are connected by their direct opposites, the power of their opposites, the power of the positive force of love and the power of the positive of the negative force of hate. But in Jesus is saying here that in comparison to our love for him, let our be a, our affection for one another and the woes that we love here be as seem as hate in comparison. And that's a radical way of telling us how much we need to love God and how much we don't love God in that sense. And we need to just really pursue the the love of God. You know, examine it says, you know, say, uh, I know Mike loves Kay and uh, Trish loves her mom. Josh loves Jessica. But when we say, you know, in comparison for my love for God, does it pay on comparison to fit the scripture to say that I've even hated wife, brother, father, mother, by comparison, by direct comparison? Hope you're following me and tracking me. Because sometimes we get satisfied with how much we love God. Sometimes we just get satisfied. We're saying, you know, I'm radically saved. I'm on fire for God. I'm this or that. And we're satisfied with our candle-lit fire. And we think it's a firestorm. I think the 21st century church in America is basically cold and satisfied with their own spiritual condition. I think those who think that they're radically saved in the churches in America are relatively lukewarm, including myself. I think the passion for prayer and intercession has grown cold. I think the prophetic gifts are silenced in the church. Apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teachers. I don't think the elders are doing what they called to do. Hey, down the line, I think the church is grown lukewarm. Well, don't worry. I mean, I've been suffering with this message for a month. I just don't get to preach it every week. So, you know, it just works in me. Look at this. Yes, even his own life. I love my life. And at times I love my life more than I love God's plan for my life. But unless I hate my life in exchange for Christ's life, he says he cannot be to my disciple. Anyone who does not carry his cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. Suppose one of you wants to build a tower, will he not first sit down and estimate the cost to see if he has enough money to complete it? For if he lays the foundation and is not able to finish it, everyone will see it and ridicule him, saying, This fellow began to build and was not able to finish. Or suppose a king 
is about to go to war against another king, will he not first sit down and consider whether he is able to, with 10,000 men to, to oppose the one coming against him with 20,000? If he is not, he will send a delegation while the other is still a long way off and will ask for terms of peace. In the same way, any of you who does not give up everything he has cannot be my disciple. Can we live up to the words of Jesus? I think that it is a goal that the Apostle Paul had expressed. I press on towards the goal. I want to know Christ. I want to fulfill these scriptures. I want to count the cost and lay down my life. Jesus, I need your help. I need you. I need you to move my heart closer to the fulfillment of your scriptures. I need your spirit on my life through mercy and grace to move me towards discipleship in the manner that you're talking about. Um, You're gearing up for an altar call, I can see. I am too, so hold on. Salt is good, but if it loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is fit neither for the soil nor for the manure pile. It is thrown out. You know, saltlessness, uh, lukewarmness. You know, Job talks about the white of an egg without salt, how just kind of bad that is. And this world without salt. It's talking about the, the salt of the earth, which you and I are, if we become saltless. It says it's not even worth the manure pile. What does that mean? It's a reproach. We become, we bring a reproach on the name of Christ by the saying, we're on fire for God, and they look at us and say, okay, I guess that's as hot as Christianity can go. He who has an ear to hear, let him hear. The last phrase mentioned 15 times in the New Testament. So when he says it, we need to pay attention. Okay, does anybody know a joke at this part? You know, you need a joke here. I'm not too good at those. So... Okay, that was your joke. Now let's move on. <laughs> the call to discipleship is a call to be truly sold out, radically committed. Paul was willing to be poured out as a drinking offering, number one, for the sake of the body of Christ in Philippians chapter 2, verse 17. And number two, for the sake of Christ himself, in 2 Timothy 4, verse 6, willing to to take his life and be poured out for the body of Christ and poured out for Christ himself, Philippians 2, 17, and 2 Timothy 4, verse 6. He speaks of us being a living sacrifice, 
Romans chapter 12, verse 1. And I want to talk to you about four aspects of what a living sacrifice looks like. First of all, number one, based on Romans 12, 1, number one, is that living the first two commandments is the first step to being living sacrifice. Turn with me to Matthew, excuse me, Mark chapter 12, verse 28 through 34. Mark 12, 28 through 34. When the teachers of law came to Jesus and noticing that the conversation was going pretty good and decided to ask him a question, noticing that Jesus had given some good answers. And he says, of all the commandments, uh, which is the most important one? And Jesus said, of the first importance is this. And he quotes Deuteronomy verse, chapter 6, verse 4, 4 and 6. 4 through 6, 4 and 5, I'm sorry. And he says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart. How you doing? Love the Lord your God with all your soul, will, emotions, all your being. How you doing? Love the Lord your God with all your mind. How you doing? And love the Lord your God with all your strength. If there's anyone that can fulfill the first commandment, I don't know who they are. We don't love God continuously, as it says, with all my heart, with all my soul, with all my mind, with all my strength. We, we just don't. But it, I want to challenge your heart. This, but that's the first command that you can't stray from. You need to, with all your heart, grow in and desire to love God and give God your heart, mind, soul, strength, your spirit, everything within you. You see, I'm not after a checklist today. I'm after a heart check. And since your heart is deceitfully wicked and beyond anything that you can see or know, and it's only searched by God, I can't search your heart, but God can. And God can reveal your heart to you, and we can... Take it from there and say, God, I lay down my heart a living sacrifice at the altar of God. Number one, I want to love you more because I don't love you enough. See, pride will keep us from actually seeing the reality of the word. We say, you know what? I love God with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength. Well, you have nowhere to go. I mean, you've topped out. But I think that we need to love God a whole lot more than we love Him. The second commandment is similar. He says, Love your neighbor 
as yourself. I love myself pretty good. I'm telling you what, I don't know that I love people like as much as I love myself. I don't know if I sacrifice for people as much as I sacrifice for myself. I don't know if I give people the benefit of doubt like I want the benefit of the doubt. I don't know if I give judge people in the same way that I want them to judge me. I don't know that I am as fair to people as I expect them to be fair to me. Am I doing the second commandment? No, I'm not. Love your neighbor as yourself? If I say I am doing these two two commandments, I'm afraid I'm making what John says to say God out to be a liar. Now, there's no greater commandment than these. Well said, teacher. You're right in saying these things, that God is one, and to love him with all your heart and all your understanding, all your strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself, is more important than burnt offerings and sacrifices, which Jesus did not say, but this, in reply, this man got this. Hearing the heart of Jesus... To Jesus, a heart for God without religion was preferred to a heart for religion without God. To Jesus, a heart for God without religion was preferred to a heart that was for religion without God. In our churches, we have religious activity going on. And Jesus said, they in vain worship me when their heart is far from me. How many times we come to the sanctuary and we do our ritual song service, our ritual sermon, our ritual friends, out to the parking lot to lunch, and it's been more religion and it's been relationship with, with the living God. It's been more religion than it's been heart. And it's not only here, and I'm sure it is here, but, I'm, I, but it's all through the valley. It's not only through the valley. It's through the county, through the state, through, the, through America. Talking to the Assembly of God minister the other day, and he says, Mike, uh, he, my friend goes to Assembly of God Church. He says, there's over 50 million Assembly of God people worldwide. But you know, the Assembly of God Church in America has not grown at all in the last 20 years. Only 2 million. How? Why? Because America's cold-hearted <laughs> when it comes to God. And we have seen our own film. We think we're radically sold out for the kingdom. And that light is dim and we've grown desensitized in our heart and callous. And we think we're so hot for God and we're dead. And other countries are getting on fire for God. Churches are coming on. People are getting spirit-filled. People are not afraid to speak in tongues and 
go on the Spirit and not afraid to let God do what He's going to do. And they're coming to the Lord by the thousands, the millions. Don't worry, I'm in the American church too, right along with you. I'm not as hot as I think I should be for the things of the Lord. Jesus to a heart said to Jesus a heart for God without religion was preferred to a heart for religion without God. So the first thing about living sacrifice is um, doing the first two commandments. The second thing is having a broken and contrite heart. Psalm 51, verse 16 and 17. Broken heart, contrite heart. You see, that's the solution to a hard, callous heart. The hardness of heart in the New Testament spoke of a heart that was callous, that had another layer of skin on it. You know, you got a good callous? Some, you know, we have our hands or on our feet. Some, a place where, you know, you don't feel too much there, right? Well, that's the Greek word that surrounded heart for hardness. And part of the process to get to a soft heart is a painful breaking away of the callous of the heart. And when God does that, it's painful. But that painful process lays us wide open for contrite heart before God, pliable, soft heart that he can work with. Number three, praise and worship. Hebrews 13, verse 15 through 16. Hebrews 13, verse 15 through 16 talks about the sacrifice of praise that comes from our lips in worship. Nothing will draw your heart more to God from your position and His position than worship. Worship will take your heart and even the songs that these worship leaders have have given us. Lord, I've given you my heart. I give you my soul. You know, it, it's in worship and praise and the sacrifice of thanksgiving and praise that we begin to pour out our heart to the Lord. And if you're not worshiping, you're not connecting with the heart of God in this, in this fashion. And God wants to have a, a, the sacrifice of our lips coming from us in worship. It's not about music. It's not about how good the worship team is or if they blow it at a certain time or if there's one guitar or 20 guitars. You know, uh, it's about your response to the heart of God through worship. When you get to heaven, you won't be praying because all your prayers will be answered. When you get to heaven, you won't have to exercise faith because you'll see him face to face. When you get to heaven, you won't need to read your Bible because you'll know it fully as you are known. But when you get to heaven, you'll need to express praise and worship. And 
And God wants that from us now. Number four, obedience to the Word of God. This one I want you to turn to in 1 Samuel chapter 15. 1 Samuel chapter 15. Saul, who is a type of the flesh, David, a type of the spirit. Saul, who is a type of the flesh, David, a type of the spirit, Solomon, a type of the glory. But Saul is a type of the flesh, got a command from Samuel and said, I want you to wipe out, the word of the Lord says, wipe out every single person, everything that's living, beast, everything, everything, wipe it, wipe it all out. And so Samuel uh, did not do it. And then he covered it up by saying, well, I did obey the Lord. I just uh, went on the, the, the assignment that the Lord gave me, and I completely destroyed them except for this king and except for these sheep. But other than that, I, I brought the sheep with me to sacrifice to the Lord. It's all good, right? Samuel says in verse 22, Does the Lord delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices? as much as in obeying the voice of the Lord. To obey is better than sacrifice, and to heed is better than the fat of rams. For rebellion is like the sin of divination, and arrogance like the evil of idolatry, because you rejected the word of the Lord. He has rejected you as king. Instead of Saul... Confessing and agreeing with God, being obedient, he decided that he was going to, maybe, maybe God would like the sacrifice here, so I'll, I'll bring the sheep from the Amalekites. Maybe God would like the king Agag alive, so we'll bring the king with us. And we'll do it my way. We'll just kind of, you know, God will understand, we'll just bring the sacrifices and we'll do this or that, and we'll, we'll bring it to him. You know, but God, God wasn't interested in what Saul thought. God gave a command to be directly obeyed, and Saul knew it. Obedience. The Lord wants obedience from us. Not to, for us to say, okay, well, that's good, but i got a better plan, God, because... I know that these are good sheep. We're going to sacrifice them to you. What do you think about that? And then I've got the king here and all stuff. So, yeah, he's a trophy. God says, you know what? You missed the whole thing. You missed the heart of God, for one. You missed obedience, for two. In a sense, you don't have to worry about it again because you're not going to have another chance as king to do this again. I'm going to anoint somebody else. Being sold out demands commitment. 
And just go a little bit back in 1 Samuel chapter 7, verse 3. 1 Samuel 7, verse 3. Very important uh, little passage that I want you to turn to right now. And Samuel said to the whole house of Israel, If you are returning to the Lord with all your hearts, are you? Are you with me? Are you returning to the Lord with all your hearts? I, you know, I don't care if you, where you think you were, but if you're coming closer to the Lord, that's the goal of the message. So let's all think, yeah, I'm returning to the Lord with all my heart. I, I'm coming closer to the Lord and I'm returning. Then rid yourselves of the foreign gods. What's the foreign gods? Well, I'm reminded of the scripture that talks about discipleship. If I don't, if I, if I love others and other things, and even my own life more than I love Jesus, even in the radical can, can uh, you know, look at hate and love, then I have foreign gods that crowd into my heart where God has wanted to be in my heart. The Asherahs. Get rid of these and commend yourselves to the Lord and serve Him only and He will deliver you out of the hands of the Philistines. So the Israelites put away their Baals and Asherahs and served the Lord only. Isn't that good news? It's time for America, beginning in this body, in this place, because I can't preach. You know, I'm not on television or radio or anything, though, to the nation, but I would say this. We need to repent of our materialism and our time that has been wasted on the things that do not matter and are going to burn with this world, and we need to give ourselves wholeheartedly to God and ask for His will and direction, and He will tell us what to do. But He's got to have our heart. Maybe the things that you're doing are good. Maybe the things that you're doing are great. But unless God has our heart along the way, it doesn't matter if we're doing good things or wrong things. It's, it's, he doesn't have our heart. What's the difference between the Pharisee and the murderer? Final destination is the same place. Both hearts have strayed from God. One through religion and one through hostility towards mankind. I think so much of our Christianity has corrupted into religion. Now, if you're lukewarm, you realize that your condition, and if we don't want to be a member of the Laodicean church, right? You don't want to go there. If you're a member of the Laodicean church, you know, you've got to fix it according to what Jesus said. Let me read that in Revelation chapter 3. 
Now, for the sake of the scripture, let's all assume that we're members of the Laodicean church. Okay, just for the sake of applying the scripture to ourselves. Remember one, one time the Lord spoke to me, I, re, I read Matthew 23 where he, Jesus denounced the Pharisees and Sadducees. And I thought, oh, thank God I'm not a Pharisee. That's a bad, that's a tough, tough chapter. And the Lord says, well, you're all Pharisees. Scripture applies to all of you. All of Scripture applies to all of you. You know, I'm telling you where your heart should not be. And so if you're saying, I thank God that I'm not a Pharisee or like others, maybe you already qualified for that chapter. So I thought, okay, need to repent. Chapter 3, verse 14, to the angel Laodicea, write, These are the words of the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the ruler of God's creation. I know your deeds, that you're neither cold nor hot. How many like hot coffee? I mean, never too hot. For me, it's never too hot. Somebody says, that watch the coffee, it's too hot. Okay. How many love iced coffee? Oh, I go to my Friday cell, and Ruth makes me a big thing of iced coffee, and she makes a perfect... I love iced coffee. But how many are repulsed by a lukewarm cup of coffee on the counter? Gross. It's gross to Jesus, too. <laughs> Jesus loves hot coffee from Starbucks, and he loves the iced coffee, but he can't stand this, the cup that's on the counter for a couple of days and it's got maybe something in it. <laughs> he says, I'll spit it out of my mouth. You see, I am rich. Spiritually, I'm rich. I require wealth. I don't need a thing. I don't need this message. I don't need a thing. I, but he says, but you do not realize that you're wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. It's better to say, you know what? I'm wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. Start out with that so that he can make us rich. I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire so that you can become rich. That's faith refined to become like gold. And white clothes to wear, repentance and righteousness. So you can cover our shameful nakedness and salve to put on our eyes. Open the eyes of our heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart. I want to see you. Put that salve on my eyes. Put that salve on my heart. Those whom I love, I rebuke and discipline. Be earnest and repent. Here I am. I stand at the door and knock at your heart, Christians. Me, not the unsaved, particularly us. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door and softens his heart, and I will come in, eat with him, fellowship with him, and he with me. To him who overcomes, I will give the right to sit with me on the throne. Just as I overcame and sat down with my father on his throne, he who has an ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches.
I am part of the fellowship of the unashamed. The die has been cast. The decision has been made. I stepped over the line. I won't look back, let up, slow down, back away, or be still. My past is redeemed. My present makes sense. And my future is in God's hands. I am finished and done with low living, sight walking, small planning, the bare minimum, smooth knees, colorless dreams, tame visions, mundane talking, frivolous living, selfish giving, and dwarf goals. I, am no, long, I no longer need preeminence, prosperity, position, promotions, applause, or popularity. I don't have to be right. I don't have to be first, the best, recognized, praised, or regarded, or rewarded. I now live by faith. I lean on Christ's presence. I love with patience, live by prayer, and labor with the power of God's grace. My face is set, my gate is fast, my goal is heaven. My road is narrow, my way is rough, my companions are few. My guide is reliable and my mission is clear. I cannot be brought, bought, compromised, detoured, lured away, turned back, deluded, or delayed. I would not flinch in the face of sacrifice. I would not hesitate in the presence of adversity, negotiate at the table of the enemy. I would not ponder the pool of popularity or meander in the maze of mediocrity. I won't give up, shut up, let up, slow down until I've stayed up, stored up, prayed up, paid up, and spoken up for the cause of Christ. I'm a disciple of Jesus. I must go until he comes, give until I speak out, until all know, excuse me, give until I drop, speak out until all I know, and work until he stops me. And when he returns for his own, he will have no difficulty recognizing me because my banner is clear. I am part of the fellowship of the unashamed. It's been around for years. You've heard it. Maybe some of you haven't. I'd love to say, wow, we all, that's all of us. I, I, I'd imagine even the author, you know, some say it's anonymous. Uh, I think if I wrote that, I'd be anonymous too. I mean, this is what we want to be. Okay, I want you to stand with me. The simple altar call is this. And Ed, I want you to come and say, we're going to sing I Surrender All. Simple altar call is, I simply want to move your heart closer to being sold out for Jesus Christ. I simply want the following things. Revelation 2, verse 4, if you lost your first love or been more passionate for Jesus than you are presently. Maybe you look back. Luke 9.66 says, No one 
fit for the kingdom of God will look back. Luke 6, verse 12, Leviticus 6, verse 12, don't let your fire go out. Philippians 3, 14, press on to the goal, the prize of the goal. Romans 12, 1, be a living sacrifice. Philippians 2, 17, be a poured out as a drink offering. 1 John 2, verse 6, walk as Jesus walked. Come and surrender to Jesus. Get closer to sold out than you than you ever have been. And if there's not room at the altar, then kneel somewhere. But come and surrender more of your heart to Jesus. Come and surrender more of your heart to Jesus. Prophets and intercessors, surrender more of your heart to Jesus. Get on fire for Him. You know, we're living in dark days where we need the preachers, we need the ministers, we need the elders, we need we need more of Jesus just displayed everywhere, everywhere.
Jesus, we ask for an awakening to come within every one of our hearts, oh God. An awakening, oh God, that would transform and change us from where we are to where we should be. Yes, again to begin to be advanced in our land. Thank you. 